From BGS, thebluegrasssituation.com, and Osiris Media, you're listening to The Shift List, where chefs talk about the music that fills their kitchens, restaurants, and recipes. I'm Chris Jacobs. Hey, everyone. I'm bringing you this episode from isolation in my little home studio in Los Angeles, and I was planning to air a new episode from a great chef in Montreal that I was fortunate to record a few months ago before the entire world shut down, Uh, but I wanted to shift gears a bit to play you my conversation from Chef Edward Lee recorded back in 2018. Now, for those of you who don't know, of course, Edward Lee is the chef and owner of three restaurants with their own unique identities in Louisville, Kentucky, 610 Magnolia, Milkwood, and Whiskey Dry. He's also the culinary director of Succotash in Maryland and Washington, D.C., and he's the author of two books, Smoke and Pickles, one of my favorite cookbooks, and his second, Buttermilk Graffiti, which won the 2019 James Beard Award for Best Book of the Year in Writing. But of course, as most of our discourse is now revolving around the ever-developing COVID-19 crisis, I wanted to replay you this episode as Chef Edward Lee is helping to lead the way in bringing restaurant workers relief with his Restaurant Workers Relief Program through the Lee Initiative. As you're surely aware by now, due to the closure of restaurants across America, thousands of restaurant workers have an urgent need for assistance, and they need our help now more than ever. So in partnership with Maker's Mark, Chef Lee is transforming restaurants across the country into relief centers for any restaurant worker who has been laid off or has had a significant reduction in hours or pay. The Lee Initiative, in conjunction with local chefs in every majorly affected community across the country, is offering help for those in need of food and supplies, and each night they're packing hundreds of to-go meals that people can come to pick up and take home. Restaurateurs like Nancy Silverton in Los Angeles, Jose Salazar in Cincinnati, and Lee's Succotash team in D.C. and 610 Magnolia team in Louisville, along with so many others across the country, are doing a lot of good right now. So we at BGS want to do what we can to spread the word and shine a spotlight on this important relief work. For more information and to donate, visit leeinitiative.org. And in the meantime, while we're all trapped indoors, continue to support your local community by ordering takeout and pickup. Okay, thanks everyone. Let's listen back to my conversation with Chef Edward Lee in the time before all of this. I had a chance to catch up with him on day one of the Bourbon and Beyond Festival back on September 22nd of 2018. I'm Edward Lee. I'm a chef here in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, we're here at Bourbon and Beyond. Listening to great music, drinking great bourbon, eating great food. Growing up, I didn't experience music through CDs or not even radio. It was like on the streets. Like people were making mixed tapes at home and bringing them to school and like playing it on their boombox. Like that's how I learned about music. It wasn't like going home and looking up a website. We lived in a part of Brooklyn, we grew up when I was young, in a part of Brooklyn that was all immigrants. You know, Caribbean, Latino, Indian. And so you would just like, just walking down the streets of Brooklyn, you would hear the Caribbean beat. Like it just, it's kind of inside you. Yeah, I, I grew up taking public transportation, right? And so, like, this is before Walkmans even, right? So everyone in Brooklyn had a boombox, you know? I remember being on a bus, and I think I was 12, and I heard rap music for the first time in my life. Like, it was just, you know, I remember it was like Cold Crush Crew. It wasn't even like, you know, it was like real old school and really aggressive, loud music coming from this thing. And like, wow. Like that, 
rap music was everywhere. It was a UTFO, Roxanne, Roxanne. Rap, and she was walking down the street, so I said, hello, I'm LL Cool J, it was like as old school as you get. Yeah, I used to like hang out with these kids that would write graffiti, and um, you know, it was part of that whole sort of mess back then. And and I found the same cultural things happening in kitchens, and that's what attracted me to kitchens in the first place. Is like you're creating this thing that someone eats, it goes away. But in many ways, like this concert, like Dylan will play a set and he just like will off the cuff change the chords or like do something different. It's never the same and you just have to be there. And that's it. And there, the restaurants are like that too. There are good nights and bad nights, you know, and there are nights when you're just killing it and, and the figs just came off the tree. And I can't tell you when those nights are, but they just happen. And you just happen to be there. It's magical, you know. And, and then there are nights that, for one reason or another, you know, we always try and put our best foot forward. But for one reason or another, it's just not as good. And, and, and we try, but it's... And, and that's what I love about jazz, about even classical music. Like, like it's just never the same thing twice, you know. Um, you read a book next time you read it, it's the same words but it's not when it comes to food it's just it's always different and you can't take the human element out of food nice so what other restaurants do you have here in, in uh, so I have 610 Magnolia uh, which is our flagship it's our high-end restaurant yep. uh, Milkwood uh, which is kind of our Asian restaurant and then Whiskey Dry which is our burger and whiskey bar Milkwood's fun it's loud it's it's we play all kinds of music I just wanted to have a rhythm have a beat have fun you know we're in a basement so I wanted to like vibrate and it's just, you know, eating is, is so rhythmic and flavors to me are, are very much like in tune with notes. And so just to have that vibe in the restaurant is very important. I don't listen to music when I cook. I actually find it very distracting. I find that the chopping of vegetables and the sounds of a sizzling pan is music in itself. Even when I'm cooking at home, like I hate music when I'm cooking. Because food is really sensual. Like you have to hear the sizzling in the pan, you have to hear the rhythm of the knife on the cutting board. And if there's music, it actually interferes with that. And maybe I'm autistic and I have some weird like sensitivity issues, but it's really distracting when I'm hearing music that is like fighting against the music of what I'm trying to do. Having said that, I like listening to music when I'm eating, but I also like listening to sad music which doesn't really make for a great dinner company. So my top three albums would be like, you know, Towns Van Zandt. I ain't gonna sing no lonesome tune. Oh, babe, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. Mid-70s Bob Dylan. Although Blood on the Tracks is, is a shorter album. Yeah. And I would actually go with Planet Waves. Cause you can really get through the whole, you can like go through a whole dinner. And Blood on the Tracks is a sad record. Sad. Yeah, but Planet Waves is even sadder. Um, and I just like sad music. I listened to a lot of jazz growing up. So I'm a huge jazz head. To me, if I'm gonna like really just zone out and listen to music, I'll listen to like Eric Dolphy. And it's funny to me, it's like jazz music falls into two categories. 
there's brunch jazz where you just like have a mimosa and you don't care but like then there's jazz like real jazz and bebop and charlie parker and thelonious monk and eric dolphy and all those guys and and those things like you literally sit in a room with the music on and there's no one else in the room and you close your eyes and you just listen and it's a really transformative experience and i think that there are few genres of music that do that you know to, to have like an emotional experience that's non-verbal is really cool and, and in a way cooking is that like it's a very non-verbal thing I I'm I try to tell you a story through food but I don't get to stand in front of you and tell you in words what I'm trying to do I have to do it through tastes and flavors and sauces and salt and I think jazz in many ways is the same way so I love I love that sort of relationship and and, and lots of like you know, um, like I love Johnny Marr when he just gets on his guitar and does like an eight minute solo. But I like being able to tell stories through things that don't have words. Well, I associate you with Louisville, you know, so, so inherently. And, and so when we got invited to come to this festival, it was really exciting that you were behind it. Do you want to talk a little bit about what this festival means to you and kind of why I know you were behind it from the beginning and yeah I mean you know they they you listen we we talked like two years ago and they said we're going to do this bourbon festival and um, let's be honest there's not a lot of reasons for for people in big cities to come to Louisville and and this festival if nothing else it shines a spotlight on Louisville so it's like you come here people are nice the food is great you go to restaurants you go to museums you get to see the arts you go to see music everyone's chill we're not San Francisco and we shouldn't be and we don't want to be like we're not New York and that's great like we're, we're just real people who like to drink a lot and have a good time and I, and I think that's contagious and I, and I think when whether it was just chef or musician or whoever when they see that they feel that rhythm and, and they go oh I, I can cut loose here. There's not a lot of pretension here. No, not at all. You know, sometimes to a fault. <laughs> but, you know, that's what we are. And so we embrace that here. And I think this festival does a good job of embracing that. Many, many thanks to Chef Edward Lee. Please head over to leeinitiative.org for more information about the relief work they're providing for restaurant workers affected by the coronavirus. Make a donation if you can, and thanks again to him for all of his leadership at this crucial time. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places for your podcasts. The Shift List is produced by me, Chris Jacobs, and based on an article by the same name created by Nevin Martell, originally published over at BGS.com. Our executive producer is Amy Reitenauer, with help as always from the entire BGS team, including associate editor Justin Hiltner, managing editor Craig Shelburne, marketing guru Joseph Klingel, and all the amazing writers and contributors that make BGS the best source for Roots Culture, Redefined. Theme music by Jamie Drake. Check her out at jamiedrakemusic.com. The Shift List is a part of the BGS Podcast Network. Be sure to check out BGS's ever-growing collection of podcasts up right now at thebluegrasssituation.com. I'm Chris Jacobs. Thanks for listening.